What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Healthy Scratch Podcast. My name is Spencer Plumido. I'm Tyler O'Connor. I'm Chris Johnson Galvez. And we are Healthy Scratch. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts under the Hot Sauce Sports banner. All right, uh, let's dive in here. We got the Stanley Cup final coming up this week, starting Monday. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens are playing against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Let's do a quick little coverage on the two series in round three. Just do a little recap, uh, and then we'll dive in. Um, let's start with you, Chris, uh, with Lightning Islanders. What's your thoughts? Uh, what are your thoughts on how that series went? Death to defense. <laughs> I don't care that they spend eighteen million over the cap. It's within the rules. Yeah, it's within Go the lightning. rules for sure. Absolutely within the rules. Ty. Yeah, I don't know, man. I I think we talked about it last time we spoke. I think that series was more fun than I think a lot of people thought it would be. But yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised by the outcome. I could have I could have seen the Islanders taking the Lightning, but I'm not. It wasn't. I'm not stunned by this. It this felt. Is, it felt like that's what was coming. Honestly, like it felt like the yeah. Islanders. Islanders were gonna were gonna win that series to me, but yep. they didn't. Yeah. I, that's that's kind of where I was at on it. It was a fun fun series, hard fought series. Honestly, like the the Isles playoff Isles period. Like that's what this year has really opened my eyes to is that playoff Islanders are are quite different than than regular season. Yeah, and I'm, I mean you got to kind of give it to them. Like I really thought after that eight nothing game five that they were just done. Yeah, you know. But they 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 did exactly what the Islanders always do. They shut it back down the next game and they squeezed out another OT win, which is the Islanders special. And I mean like hey. They gave the Lightning a, t- a run for the money, which is which is which is good. Which is you know if if you can't you got to walk away with your head high in that situation. Yeah, Tampa's a juggernaut, so absolutely. Uh, again, to, to, they were a juggernaut last year, and they're now eighteen million over the cap. So it's it's a wild, wild team in Tampa, and to see them taking them to seven, and really like they took them to seven, and it was like it easily could have gone their way in game seven, right? Like it could have gone. Oh, yeah, it was it was a close game. One shorthanded goal is the, yeah. the, the, the difference. A yeah. shorthanded goal. So quite close. Matt, the Barzal cross-check, I think it was game five. He didn't get yeah. suspended. He was fined the maximum amount. How did you guys feel about that? Chris, we'll start with you. What did you think of the uh, the the ruling on that cross-check? I thought it was fair. I didn't think he'd get suspended any more than he did anyways. Like, it, it was a playoff game. I hate cross-checks to the head, period. Yeah. Like, it just, Same it's here. a stupid thing. I saw someone say that, they think there should be extra penalties for people who do things when they're down eight nothing or whatever, like Wait, when it's out clearly of out of spite. Yeah. Like, and I think that's probably not a bad idea long term to get rid of shit like that. Like, yeah. you're losing eight nothing, there shouldn't be any of that. There should be more punishment if you're that far out of a game and you do something stupid. That's a fair point, actually. If you're getting blown out to have, you know, if you get a match penalty, it's automatic at least one game suspension. You know, like that'd be an interesting, yeah. uh, interesting thing to do. Yeah. Like if, if anything, I thought the like the Mayfield cross check was even worse. Yeah, the Barzal They're one. They're both like, stupid, but the Barzal one didn't look as bad as I think we made it out to be the night of. Well, I th- I think I think with the Barzal, I think with the Barzal one, it is it was a very stupid play. But I think as nasty as it was, you could kind of you know maybe look at it and say like, okay, Barzal wasn't trying to hit him in the head. Like he did, but he wasn't trying to. Like it was, it, 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 obviously you you are always responsible for your actions on the ice, but you know, the the Mayfield cross check, he, he knew he was targeting a spot on Kutra's body that was vulnerable. Yeah. And it, he saw a chance to take out arguably the best players. They're one of the this, best. This will be the last time we see this kind of unhandiness, no consistency, terrible refing throughout the yeah. playoffs. Yeah. I'm more and more convinced that 
the new TV deals, they got a lot of say in what happens in the league because it is their revenue. They don't want this shit where Kucherov's not playing anymore. Yeah. yeah. McDavid Matthews aren't playing anymore. Like you'll never see Matthew uh, McDavid not draw a penalty in a series ever yeah. again. They will find a way to protect their stars more because the stars are what sell the game. And if you're on ESPN and TNT, yeah, like as as fun as the Habs story is, it's not going to drive new fans, right? And they're not going to like that. And right. before that, there's no financial motivation for the NHL to make any change. Now there will be. I'm convinced there will be large overhauls of refing in the summer i really i really hope so honestly the barzal one i don't know i don't know if he even meant to to do it it did look like i could see the argument for it being intentional but it didn't look as bad to me until i saw it slowed down and i know that you don't want to judge anything too harshly on an instant replay especially when it's slowed down to a snail's pace but in seeing it slowed down, I was able to be like, oh, yeah, like that was hard enough to fracture his jaw. Like, I don't know if it yes. did. I don't think it did, but it was hard enough <laughs> that it could have. Like, it was like it was a big enough blow. And the thing that surprised me the most was Barzal tried to knock the linesman's arm off of him. Like, he took a swipe yeah, at the linesman's yeah. arm. And that's something that in, in not just the NHL, like professional sports leagues in general usually have zero tolerance for. So I was surprised that he only we, got. We've seen that a hundred times this year. I can, I can distinctly yeah. remember Joel Edmondson throwing a punch literally like one inch from a referee's face. It's just, it, it, they, they don't mean there's it. no more, so like in the moment. yeah, there's no more filter for that anymore. And it was just, you lose purpose. There's, I don't know. There's they, a difference to me. Credibility. There's a difference to me between like throwing a punch that just misses a ref and like deliberately going to smack the ref's arm off of your collar. Like that's, that's like, so, a sorry, direct... I, should, I should clarify. He shoved the ref off first and then tried to throw a punch. And well, then that's him. different. Like, <laughs> like, like, I think, yeah, like he wasn't trying to, like, you see it all the time where like refs will like accidentally get punched or close or somebody will almost hit them. And you know, it's not the player's intention. They're actually fighting somebody. Yeah, probably on exactly. The other side of the ref. And, you know, it kind of comes, it, I mean, it shouldn't, but it's kind of like one of those risks you take as a ref who's about to jump into brawls is that there's a chance that you're going to get, yeah, the players won't mean to, but you're going to get caught in the fire sometimes. That's the same that's way. one of the things that they'll change sometimes. though with the new refing yes. because yes. I've seen it countless times too where like a ref will go in yeah. and strap one person, clearly putting them at yeah. like vulnerability to get punched by the other guy with like yeah. no defense because your arms are taken. That's why like, I think all of that needs to be changed. Yeah. That's uh, that was my thinking on why Barzal did it. Like Barzal got grabbed by the ref and then had a swarm of lightning yeah. players coming after him. So I feel like it was sort of a, a defense mechanism. Like I need to get yeah. I need to be freed here so I can defend myself. But yeah. usually but, yeah. there's there's not much tolerance for that. But again, it, it was yeah. it's a bit of a, a head scratching year uh, in general. Yeah. It's a bit of an understatement to say as far as the refing goes. So I'm not surprised he wasn't suspended. Yeah, for sure. Um, because. They the league has a history of not taking this stuff very seriously. Yeah. Um, but I do think there's something to be said that like like I said like before like you can make the case that he did cross check him in the face, but I think there's a legitimate argument to be made that like he that wasn't his intention. Like yes, you have to be you know you're always responsible for your actions, but I don't think that he had the malicious intent of necessarily like yeah trying to. He's yeah, not that kind of player. Face. Players like as dumb as they are, m- most of them, not all of them most of them are smart enough to know that like you, you don't get away with that shit. Yeah. Like, like they, 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 when they're trying to be most of them, when they're trying to be malicious or they're trying to do something genuine, genuinely dirty, they'll, they'll be a little sneakier than just two handing a guy in the face. Yeah, for sure. 
All right, let's bring it back to uh, to the Habs Golden Knights series. Um, Chris, feelings on this series? Okay, so the Golden Knights series, particularly, it's an argument that I wanted to make in general for playoff hockey. We have this like super long history of praising guys playing through injury. I really don't think that that's not one is good for your health. Period. Like that's just dumb. But I wonder where the drop off is between how good Alec Martinez is on one foot versus the next best defenseman in the lineup that's healthy. When do we decide that, like, and I saw Zach Hyman do it with a fucking torn ACL. Dude wasn't even a third of himself. You don't think, like, Kenny Agostino at 100% would have been the same? Right. I wonder if that's a conversation we start having, especially after these playoffs, guys like Stone and Patchready, obviously not themselves at all. Stone came out and said he was healthy. Said he wasn't. Yeah, he he would say that, but I, I mean... We've all seen him before. That's not Mark Stone. The Alec Martinez openly said he played on a broken foot the entire playoffs. That's I thought Martinez stupid. had a great series too. I thought Martinez played yeah, quite well. It's a rare case where it works out. Yeah, but like there's a, there's a lot of play, like one of the things that I remember from the Marley's Cup run in 2017 was Dermot was like in one game out the other, able to play but not play his best. And in Game Seven, they took the decision to not like that he wouldn't play and they would play a guy who was healthy. And I think that's the decision that a lot of teams start making more often. It's tough to say, you know, like the Canadians, Jeff Petrie's playing out there with a badly mangled hand. And I think it's, I, I personally yeah, but- think he's absolutely playing better than any player they could replace him with. But I agree that it's a toxic culture of, of like, especially when you look at the, like, I don't know if you guys saw the documentary on Toradol abuse in the NHL yeah. that TSN did. Mm-hmm. When you look at that, I mean, like speaking of Jeff Petrie, his eyes probably from Toradol, like I was reading that that can be a side effect of Toradol and if you're jacking guys up with substances that can cause damage to them beyond like it's, it, you're adding an air, uh, an added layer of risk that goes beyond the risk of, of hurting yourself worse on the injury you're playing through. It definitely can lead to, you know, players playing when they shouldn't be playing for sure. But it's, you know, it's also a long held culture and like there's, it's, it's, it's a fine line because like when you, when it comes to players like Jeff Petrie and even Alec Martinez for that matter, like, it, it it did benefit the team to have them out there. Did it benefit the player? That's another question, but it's also up to the player and right. they have the autonomy to make that decision, though they're probably pressured in, in some form or another. Um, but I don't know. It's tough. I, I, I do think at a certain point you look at Hyman, yeah, it could be that. But at the same time, we're named, like Mark Stone is coming out and saying he wasn't hurt. Mark Stone, I believe him. I take him at his word that Mark Stone was not hurt, like not playing through an injury. He was he was coming out and owning up to a lack of of performance. And when it comes to that, and even with Hyman too, it's tough to like Montreal shut both of those teams down, especially at that like stage. Of the well, well, Hyman was injured. They did say that afterwards. Yeah, he he came back sure. too early from his ACL. That's fine. Mark Stone, sure, he wants to say like that. But Patchetti only came back in Game Seven of the first round and was doped up the entire time having some leg injury obviously was not playing at hundred percent, but he was quite effective up until the the Montreal series. Like he was, he was putting up quite a bit of uh, production for them. I'm not taking away from Montreal. I'm just saying at a certain point, if you're also getting shut down, maybe you just sit. Yeah, but it's, it's tough in that situation. Cause he's been like Pacioretty had been performing for them. He'd been one of their best forwards from a production standpoint in the series before. So it's tough to like, you're going to sit him now because he's fighting through an injury, but he was okay to play through that injury before when he was producing. You know what I mean? Like it, it becomes a well, injuries can get yeah. it can get worse again. Yeah, like the, that's, it, that's it, fair. It, every day it fluctuates, right? Like, in, but that's assuming that it did Patrick, get worse. Patrick, right? Patrick is, a, is a great player, but if he's also generating, what, what did he generate? One goal or two goals the entire like he's not he's not being Patrick ready by game six. Yeah, but that's the but, situation but, is different but, than game one. 
like they did in game to... one. If if but it just I think at some point as a team you need to decide whether the ghost of a player is better than the next AHL player that's ready to go. Yeah. There's some cases I, where that's that... absolutely not true. There's but some I cases think, where it think... absolutely makes more sense to play the other guy. Hundred percent. But I think to to be fair too, like to say like Patches had like one goal in that series, like there's a whole list of stars that the Habs run into that didn't do squad. So I think to say that like, oh, he's you know, he might be ailing from something. He hasn't scored a goal. Like, there's a bunch of healthy players that also couldn't produce. Like, we also got to look at like Pacioretty. It. I just think that, like, I think it's come to the. I think my issue, well, not my issue, but the, the 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 hardest thing that I have when it comes to this stuff is I think it's the players will never come out and well, they'll very rarely come out and admit that their guys that they're hurt. The team will very rarely come out and admit that their guys hurt. Um, and sometimes they are, and sometimes they're not. But it's almost easy to say that if a guy's not performing, there's got to be no, like that's like that's all... fine. Like we we just had a discussion with Mark Stone, but Patrick right. was actively injured. We know right. this. But right. Patrick yes, also, yes, yes. while being actively, Patrick's playoff stats for his career are 49 points, 25 goals in 74 games. He's 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 never been like last year. He had eight points in 16 games in the playoffs. The year before that, he had 11 and seven with Vegas, and this year he had 11 points in 13 games. So, like, the performance, he was playing some of the best playoff hockey, like, performance-wise that he has throughout his career. He's had a history of, of disappearing. Yeah, but the playoffs, then after you know? game three, if your guy is injured and he's still playing terribly, which he was, whether that's the Canadians or not, right? maybe there's an, another change could have been made. It doesn't yeah. matter now. It's over. No, For but sure. Just, my, right. my view is just that, like, that gets trickier if the player actually isn't any more hurt than he was in the first place. Right. Because then you're you're benching Pacioretty over someone when the guy's like, well, I'm feeling the same as I was before. I'm not any but more not hurt than I was. Now, and you're so. taking me out of the lineup now because I'm not performing, you know, like, and it, it's, it's just a tricky line, especially with the first line forward, but it's a fair point. Like it is like, and there are cases where that's, that's better. It's it, it, the guy's not, it, 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 you, you see it with guys that have a, a built-in respect level often too, where it's like, they put him in the lineup when the guy's like literally playing on one leg and you're like, yeah. dude, like your fucking seventh <clears> defenseman <throat> would have been better than this. It, it definitely well, does that- happen. Life's long, and you you don't want to you, you don't want to like start damaging yourself further down the line because you might help your team now. Like at a certain point, you need to be able to understand that it's just a game. And yeah, you, part of it is is a culture thing, right? You and, look at and Kessler to be fair too. Yeah, yes. you look at Kessler like and I, like and that was a cumulative thing for him too, right? Like he yeah. he was year after year of getting shot up with Toradol for this injury and that injury, and, and it led to him getting to that point. It wasn't just one instance of playing through an injury. Yeah. It was just a, an entire career of doing it that yeah. did damage to his body. But it, what it, I mean it, is if we keep allowing players to decide for themselves, they'll right. play through, what yeah, did Patrice a, have in 2011? Two broken lung. wrists, a punctured lung, and broken ribs. Like, yeah. that's just not... No, and that's my point. There's no sanity there. And that's my point. The first time start, start, like, the, the Lightning made the Stanley Cup final with Tyler Johnson, mm-hmm. he had... A broken wrist, couldn't even fucking take face-offs, yes, yes, yes. couldn't shoot, couldn't pass. Right. At right. that point, like fucking anyone on the anyone on the in the press box is better than yes, a guy who can 100%. do literally nothing with his hands. Yes, 100%. there's there's a conversation to be had about that in general. Yeah, I'm fine if it's not Patrick or Stone because they got shut down. Sure, whatever. But it's happened enough times that we can say that there are players that are be- that that are no longer serviceable, but they're still in the game. Yes. Because yeah, they yeah. want to be there. Oh, that's certainly. dumb. It's certainly that's, no, that's so stupid. Yeah. It's I definitely uh, I'm, and for the record, I'm not saying that like I'm not saying that I don't think Patrick's hurt. I'm just saying that No, 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 not at all. I just say that I, I'm just saying that I think, you know, it is the sports very The Habs have shut down every forward that's come to any of them except for William Nylander. 
It's just the way well, it's I mean, been. There's a reason, though. He's the best of all of them. Um, I, I think it's just hockey's stupid, and hockey players and hockey teams are stubborn. And hopefully, you know, with this new age, with this new, like, you know, there, there seems to be a bit of a, like, a, you know, hockey's not what it used to be. You know as what I'd love to it see? it still has its problems, there's... There does seem to be a shift. I would I would love to see like a documentary or like an expose on like medical doctors that work for sports teams. I would love to see some of these guys speak out on their experience and like how different the treatment plans and the the mind state is from being a doctor who sits in a doctor's office and cares for his patients from from that you know angle. Because I feel like there's a the the doctors. Are part of the problem right like i don't think this is uh exclusively limited to play there, there are doctors that are giving them the okay that are saying hey like you yeah. can play you can you can do this and not risk your health in a dangerous way and like you know it, it tends to be we also we haven't seen that disaster moment yet you know we haven't seen that moment where the guy goes out and he's playing we didn't see joe thornton right. playing on a torn acl and mcl which by the way i didn't even know was fucking possible we didn't see him do that and then have his knee bend backwards and nearly rip off his yeah. leg or something like, we haven't seen that oh my god why was he playing in the first place right. moment and right. it usually takes stupid extreme things like that to get right. people to, to clue in right. as dumb as that is but no yeah yeah it's 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 unfortunate that it's uh it's built in that way, but there's there's definitely conversations to be had about it for sure. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the cup final. Or actually, we do, actually, I don't even think we really covered Habs Vegas here. Let's do a little quick coverage on it. Uh, Chris Habs Vegas. What was your your view on the series? I didn't even know Vegas played, so <laughs> it wasn't even close. I don't. What word do you want me to like to have four goals from your forwards? Yeah, that's that's right. that's embarrassing. Yeah, to have four goals from your forwards and that include like. Two from Nicolas Roy. Yeah. Right. Not even like not even like the Fords you'd expect. Yeah, one patch ready, two Roy, and like whoever the fuck was the other one. It doesn't matter. I thought the Leafs have a depth problem. This is a depth problem. Yeah, that's bad. Because their contracts are set up the same way ours are. Yeah. They have to figure that out this year. Yeah. They, that's that's it. I mean, I can't say shit, they made the third round, but like they got stimmied here. There's no depth. Yep. And I, I, that's I, there's gonna be a large tough, turnover yeah. in roster there. It's tough. We talked to them about them being ruthless with guys, but they're gonna have to be more ruthless now. They have no, they have no money, and none of their guys can score. Not a single guy scored in that series. In that series, yeah. Martinez is Martinez is gone, right? Like, yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. That's another angle to it too, eh? When we just we're, we're past the subject, but like he was playing on one leg with a contract year. That's a whole yeah. other level of risk. But anyway, right. No, go ahead, yeah, Chris. between between that and uh, I don't know what they're gonna do with their goaltending next year, but to me it seems odd to flip flop that often. It made more sense to me going to Leonard after game was it four or whatever, where Flurry made a terrible mistake to play yeah. Leonard in game five made sense, but to go back or right, no, it's, back game, to it's game four they played Leonard for, uh, and then Flurry in game five that, that made no sense. sense. Yeah, I didn't like that. The, the, the flip flop was so dumb. Yeah. Yep. And then I think for next year you had the same problem again. Who's your starter? And one yeah. and one of them is thirty seven now, and the other one is thirty two or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Twelve million dollars. Good luck. And that's the that's the thing, right? Like the whole season, everybody was saying like, "Oh, Vegas, they're so dynamic and net. They got a one A, one B kind of thing going on." Um, as opposed to most teams who just have one really really good goalie and some, some sort of backup. But like, it's cool in the regular season when you really want to like you know bounce back and forth between each of them as much as possible. Keep 
each of them as fresh as possible. That's great. That's it's a beautiful idea to have. But then when you get to the playoffs, where you do have to like you know you know it's 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 just there's a lot of mental side to the game, and and then and you need to show you know when you need it's just it's just strange because it was almost like they didn't know who to trust. It was like they they theoretically should have they theoretically have two very very good goalies, and they're still standing there kind of like we we don't know. This has happened well, because they couldn't Pittsburgh score too. Like, yeah. like you can blame them all you want. Like yeah. if you lose a game one nothing, that's not yeah. the fucking goalie's fault. No, that's, that's on you. Not. And it's also like again, Chris. I think we talked about this when the other day when we saw each other, and I think I mentioned that. Like it's also like Vegas. They, they had they, there was that whole talk when they signed Pietrangelo about how like this team doesn't show much like loyalty, like you know, DeBoer with the DeBoer and the coaching situation. Like there's the. There's kind of like these rumblings of how like, you know, Vegas keeps us up. Like, yes, maybe business wise, it's, it's the smart way to approach the game. But like, there is something to be said of like, you know, you need to show some sort of loyalty to these, to these people. And like when they did that with the goalies, I was like, I don't know, man. Flurry's been your rock since the start. You got to let him screw up every now and then, even though it might suck. And if you're going to go with Leonard, if you're going to say, well, look, we, we just Flurry's lost us. We're going to if you're going to go to Leonard, then you stay with Leonard. Especially after he plays a good game. After the game he had, he played yeah. well. Exactly. You don't have Leonard play well and then make Flurry look like crap by benching him and then flip them back. Yeah. It's you pick one and you 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 stick with it. I don't know. I don't know. I think Vegas is starting to establish a bit of a. I don't know. It just like if I was a, I'm not. I mean, not a goalie, but like if I was a player there, like would you ever feel safe or like you, the team really values you? Like it's. But I think I think yeah. they were just trying to make adjustments to make adjustments. But no, no, yeah, but like, like, like it just—it felt so like strange that they. It felt right. kind of like didn't adapt anywhere up front makes, instead. That almost makes it worse. Then, well, it, then you. But know it is you're worse. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, you're not the issue, and yet somehow you're still. It, it felt one. like the whole. It felt like a gut decision, is what it felt like. Yeah. It felt like yeah. my gut's telling me this is a move to make, so I'm going to do that. Yeah. And and like the thing is, yeah, yeah. it worked the first time. If you're going Leonard, yeah. and it, it, he played well, like you lost, he played well though, like. But but the the thing with Flurry too is like. I don't know, man. Like, don't get me wrong. I was ecstatic as a house on they let that in, but I wasn't stunned. No, and literally, what he was Flurry fighting the puck all series, entire career, all playoff, all yeah. Right, he's, he's had a history of this. Yeah, he, he's he's a he's historically a very very good goaltender throughout his career. But he, he, there's like highlight reels of the mistakes he made, brain cramps, the worst times. Yeah. Like it's yeah. just he's just one of those goalies that seems to happen to a little bit more than the others. But like, he's Freddie uh, Anderson, right? He's Freddie Anderson, exactly, and like. Look, man, like it's no secret that it's a weird position and the athletes are weird. And um, I was saying to a friend of mine that like Flurry has built up a level of respect that he's both earned and that is also the reason for that's a fatal flaw. You know what I mean? Like he's right. earned that level of respect because he has won right. at very high levels and he's gone on runs and he's carried his team to championships and been big victories. He's done that, but he's also fallen apart. And I don't want to like. This wasn't him falling apart. Like he, I feel like he did fall apart a little bit more in some of the Pittsburgh runs there. But yeah. this was still it was a, a mental error at the worst time. And again, like you said, like it wasn't shocking right. seeing that happen. Like I, I was, no. it was, it made Dude. sense based on Dude, what you've he, seen him doing. He literally, he what a week and a half prior let in one of the weakest goals yeah. I'd ever seen with a second and a half left in the period. Like this is what he does all the time. Yeah his reputation almost it like again it makes sense and doesn't make sense it like it makes sense because yeah he did all those things that that are he's worthy of that kind of respect but then also he's done all these other things when it matters right. most that you're like fuck 
Like, does yeah. should this respect is this respect going to cause a problem? And it kind of did. Right. You could argue that right. putting him back right. in was not the right move. And Laner, yeah, yeah that was a, it was a strange choice. Uh, let's as we're transitioning into the final series, let's talk about Montreal a little bit here. Montreal, wow, um, they they it was a masterclass this series. This was pretty incredible. Um, I'm almost glad that Tampa is the opponent. Like I, d- I didn't even know who to, to to prefer. Honestly, like I don't I don't feel great about how the Habs match up against either team. But again, like I didn't feel great about how they matched up against Vegas, and and they yep. exceeded expectations. You know, so yep. it's I'm glad that it's Tampa in the sense that if Montreal wins this, no one can say a goddamn word. They just beat Vegas and then Tampa, nineteen whatever million dollars over the cap to win yep. the Stanley Cup. Like no one can say anyone a damn can say word. anything already. Yeah. But people are yeah, right. No. Like there's still we've already, that... we've already passed. We've already passed that pace where you can right. say anything. Yet it's still yeah, going on. It's not. So it's, it's not. It's not. It's not luck. The, there's exactly. no luck involved in beating the Jets and Vegas and the Leafs. Like there's not. Yeah. That's not luck. Right. Yeah. yeah. When you look no, at the high end they, they, offensive talent, I can, on I can personally too. say that, like as a, as a Leafs fan, it's crazy that we were the closest ones. Yeah. Certainly. That's a wild yeah. thought. It's true. Well, the, the, yeah, man. I don't know. I was actually talking. Uh, I was talking to a friend about it yesterday. And I was saying, because she had asked me, like, who would, who, who would you rather play, uh, Tampa or New York? And I was trying to, I, I like, I don't know. I like, I honestly spent a lot of time thinking about it because, on paper, and and when you just look at it head on, like, obviously you'd think New York is the um, lesser team, but well, the lesser of the two evils. Like, yeah. it's it's it's. Not that the, I think they're a bad team. It's just like, you know, Tampa's Tampa. So, yeah, maybe New York seems a little bit easier on paper. But then but, I was thinking, yeah. like, you know, like, there's no deny if the if the Habs could beat the Leafs and the Habs can beat the Knights, and then in between that, they can demolish the, Jets, the Knights, demolish, demolish the Jets. D- demol- it's not demolish, even close in either yeah, of those. Exactly, exactly. And if so, if they can do that, while I do think uh, Tampa is definitely the biggest test out of any of them. No disrespect to any of the teams. I think we should all accept that Tampa's a, on a different level than the rest yeah. of the league. I do think that there's something to be said that, yeah, man, like they've shown the ability to show up against these big teams and and, and shut them down. So, yes, will, that, will Tampa be the biggest test? 100%. Do I think they kind of have a proof of concept going? Definitely. Yeah. And what scares me more about New York is that New York is very similar to Montreal in the sense that they play a very like, you know, boring defensive mind game. Down. Like yeah. I don't know if Chris knew that, but they both kind of play a very boring. <laughs> I mean, the Isles like, do it more than the Habs. Like the Isles, this right? Is, and they both exactly the fact that it's not Islanders Habs is a yeah. win for hockey. Period. Right, a hundred percent. And I think that what what's the issue is is like you said, Spence. The New York Islanders are, play what how Montreal plays, but on steroids. Yeah, and. You know, what What can Montreal not do? What's the one thing Montreal still has issues doing at times? And that's scoring goals. So if you're going to be going up against a team... They haven't been struggling like New York with that sh- scoring. Though. Like they've, they've been scoring all the goals that they need to lately. Like it's, the, it's, No, they have. But, but they're I'm not a high-scoring like, team. Yeah, yeah. They, they're on a higher-scoring... Yeah. Like they, 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 they're not. Like they, uh, they, they're not the kind of team like they like weren't Tampa scoring or all Colorado season, or and then like they're scoring the playoffs, and like like they weren't scoring in the season for a reason because this team is still not perfect, and they still have issues, and they still have holes they need to fix. Right now, things things are clicking though. Yeah. But the issue that you run into with New York is that if 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 you run into a team that plays exactly like you do, very defensive minded, where once they get the lead, they shut it down, and you're a team that can't particularly generate a lot of offense yourself. 
or have a harder time scoring goals yourself, that sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. And like the blueprint for facing Tampa is a lot similar, or the strategy, I should say, facing Tampa seems from the outsider perspective anyway, a lot similar to the blueprint when you face Vegas, Winnipeg, and Toronto than it would be when you're facing the Islanders. Yes. The Islanders are very heavy, man. They, they, the Habs haven't faced a team that's as well. Vegas is up there actually, but like yeah, Vegas is the Vegas is the heaviest team in the NHL. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say so. It's uh, it would have been interesting to see that combination with the trap. But again, Vegas traps the hell out of you too. Like they obviously they're capable of, of putting you know the puck in the net a lot more than the Isles are, but they're also great at trapping. And like you saw that a couple times. There was like in some of the Vegas wins, like they shut Montreal down, whereas Montreal couldn't generate yeah, anything did. early in the they series. Did. Yeah, definitely. So we'll see, man. And Tampa, Tampa's similar in that sense too. Like Tampa, Tampa really got over the top when they started to become more well-rounded and started to be able to to shut teams down, grind them out when they needed to. And like they've got right. the ability to do that now. So Montreal's got their hands full. Like they're they're not. This isn't. They, they, they just they just did to the Islanders what the Islanders did to everyone else. Yeah, they exactly. scored early and then just gave you nothing exactly. the rest of the game. And that's like to me. That's that's what teams need to be modeling, or franchises need to be modeling themselves after. Like, reg- even if it was Habs Islanders in the finals, if people saw that, if teams saw that as the fucking recipe, and were like, "Oh, so we need to trap and play more defensive," which Chris, to your credit, I will say, like that has happened, and it's entirely possible history would have repeated itself. But if teams look at that and go, "That's the way forward," like, no, it's it, it, just because it happened that way doesn't mean it's the, the 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 best way forward is to model yourselves after teams like Tampa and like Vegas for that matter. They're 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 not that far off where they can beat you any way you want to play. Whatever game you want to get into. You want to get into a dogfight? We'll dogfight you and then we'll win that way. You want to trap? We'll trap too. We'll score first. We're going to trap the hell out of you. You're not going to get anything. You know, like they're, they're a team that's able to do whatever the hell they need to do to win. And like that is, like that's the kind of team that I want Montreal to grow into. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to see Montreal stick to this format and just this. As they get better and they start having more talent coming in, I want to see them turn into a team like Tampa. I want to see a juggernaut. You know what I mean? You, you have a lot of faith. I don't think that there's going to be any any question at all that the Habs will double down on this. If it afterwards, worked, it, it honestly, worked. It, it worked. It's worked. That, even if it it's worked already, that, they're going to yeah. double down. This is exactly yeah. what they're going to be like the next yeah. three years. I, don't, I no, they're going to have that right now. They're going to have maybe for the next few years, sure, but they're going to have the ability to be a much more dynamic team than they have been this year in the coming years as, yeah. as these new waves of talent come in because they've got a lot of, of youthful skill that's that's coming up that's in the pipeline. There's, there's, but there's going to have to be room for them. You're going to have to get rid of someone. Oh, like, for you sure. You know what I mean? Like, there's going to have to be... When when the roster does fluctuate eventually in three years, whatever, sure, I don't think there'll be any significant changes in the next two years just because I don't think they have any reason to doubt the way that it worked this year. It worked. Why yeah. would you change anything? And that and and you're stuck with some of those contracts anyways. You might as well double down on the way that it's worked. Certainly, yeah. the thing that do I'm what hoping you, do for... what you're good at. There's nothing. There's nothing wrong with being doing what you're good at. It doesn't mean I have to like it. For sure. The thing that I'm hoping for is that as they start, like Cole Caulfield next year, I think is going to be a strong candidate to win the Calder. Like I think Cole Caulfield is better than I ever imagined he could have been. Like he's somehow managed. I still don't know how good he is. He still keeps raising. He hasn't reached a plateau where it's like, oh, okay, that's where he's at right now. Like he just keeps elevating his his abilities over the course of a couple games. To you're like, oh, so he's actually capable of being this good. And yeah. I wonder as that happens next year, and like as you start having that kind of youthful energy and that high end skill that you did not have before. My hope is that they're going to build up from 
what worked this year and slowly start to turn into a team that's more dynamic, a team that, that is molding themselves a little bit more after a team like the Lightning, where it's like now that we have this extra dynamic quality, we're going to use that as well. And we're going to we're going to see that that's a way that we can do this better than we did last year, despite how well it went, you know, like have a, a more it, open ability to, to, they won't, to win. They won't do it that way because for every Tampa, there's a there's a Leafs. Yeah, the but, Leafs and Tampa uh, yeah. are, are different. Like the, the the Leafs, this is their first year of trying to build themselves after that Tampa model. And I still like I still stand by saying that like I think that they were not far off in that model. They just didn't deploy their game plan in a way that catered to playoff hockey in the way that they could have with some of those grittier guys. And like I feel like Tampa had many years of failures as well to mold themselves after. You know what I mean? And to get to that point of being that very complete beast that they are now and i I think the leafs can still get there and to be clear like i don't want i don't think the habs should mold themselves directly after the leafs or directly after tampa necessarily it would be sort of a loose idea of of trying to or well not necessarily loose but you know it would be a model to model yourself after with what you have with what you've got you know working for you and what you know pieces you're looking for and then the boxes you're trying to check off um, and honestly, like we're, we're getting to the end of the episode here, but Tampa is a hell of a foe. I don't, I feel like we don't even need to go into much detail here about how big of a, of a task this is against Tampa, but this is going to be a, a hard fought series. And if it, you know, the, the one thing that stood out to me when, when Tampa won, I had a thought pop into my head of like, man, I really didn't want to hate Tampa Bay the way I'm going to at the end, by the end of this series, like Tampa is a team that like they're sneaky, dirty, not in like a, like dirty in the way that you have to be to win kind of thing. But like they're, they're sneaky, yeah, dirty, like they're grimy. Yeah. A little grimy. They're yeah. fucking assholes sometimes, you know, like they're, they're, they're not fun. <laughs> they're not fun. I, I never thought I'd say this. Never thought I'd say this, but there's a real chance that this season ends. They win, they lose. I don't know, but there's a chance that this season ends. And, uh, I come out of it like with, the least amount of resentment towards the Leafs of all the opponents. Like like, I, I like really did not, I did not like the jets after it. The The, Knights, the the Knights are starting to piss me off. And I walked away from the Leafs one being, and I never thought I'd walk away from the Leafs series going, well, like whatever. There wasn't any animals weren't the biggest pain in my butt. Yeah, they're they're really even when that series was going on. Like this is a podcast with two Habs fans and a Leafs fan, and we were saying like there's no hatred here. Like there's really like there's no bad blood, and that's fine. Like I'm glad rather they don't force it, but it there wasn't any right. of that animosity that there used to be. Yeah. Yeah. But there's going to be but, in the final, that's for sure. Yes, so. there definitely will be, and it's going to be a lot of fun. What's uh, what are your picks, guys? Chris, what are you choosing? For uh, the series, Habs and six, Team of Destiny. Nice. Yeah, I'm, I think I think I'm doing Habs and six. I'm going Habs and seven. Yeah, seven, huh? Yeah. It feels I, uh, like they're not going to be stopped, but also Tampa is on a mission this year too, and yeah, they are. It's, things are going to change for them next year, so they're not. They're still going to be very good, but I'm telling you, man. I I um when they scored an OT to win the series the other night, like I was with you, Chris. But Spence, had you seen me, you could have sworn. Like I cheered when he scored. But after that, you could have sworn I really did not care. But it's not because I couldn't. It's just I was so numb. Yeah. It was just such this weird, like... That's normally my reaction. I don't know what to do here. Like, I literally looked like I did not care. You would have sworn I was the only one who didn't like hockey at the table. I I know that feeling. Honestly, I expected that to be my reaction. It wasn't. I felt every... It was pretty amazing because, like, that's usually my reaction to big emotion, period, is, like, initially numb. And then I feel, you know, whatever after it kind of becomes clear. 
but it all hit. Like I literally, I was, I was like, I, I was like, yes, and I dropped to my knees, and I was on my hands, like just on my knees, staring at the floor, like shaking my head <laughs> I, for a minute, you know, like. I, I, yeah, I was uh like they're freaking handing out the trophy, and they're all putting their hats on, and I felt like I was playing the NHL video game. Like I just didn't understand like a normal reaction to big emotion. Like, this is how it, this is this actually happens. Yep. Yep. Crazy. That's it's a very, it's totally normal exciting. reaction. It's very exciting. It's very exciting. Yeah. It'll it'll hit you at some point. Even if it doesn't hit you in the moment, like it's still it'll hit you in hindsight. You'll you'll be able to appreciate it looking back on it. Like it's some people process emotion differently. It's nothing to be uh 100%. Yeah, it's it's definitely a normal reaction to it. Alright, on that note. Yes sir. Till next week, guys. Love you guys. Love you guys too, man. Stay healthy out there, everybody.